Ooh yeah, butter me up and call me a croissant. Welcome Dude. back everyone to the Musings of Men podcast. I'm here with my compadre, Andy. What's up? Not a whole lot, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, man. What's new in your life? Not a whole lot, man. I mean, just working and chilling. Nice. How was, uh, you just came off of a ship. How are the crackheads at Jersey Mike? Oh, they're good. They're good. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what, though. I think I served a bunch of the Capitol Hill rioters. <laughs> like, a bunch of them walked in. They're all, like, they're all covered in dirt. And, like, they got, like, scruffy beards. And they're all, like, looking at me. And they look like wannabe Duck Dynasty. <laughs> and, and, wow. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, you work in a very interesting place, for That's sure. one way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. No offense to if any of you are listening right now, if you work there. Yeah, well. <laughs> comes from a place of love. Absolutely. But, a couple new things with me. I, I have prescription glasses now, because apparently I'm farsighted. Apparently. You believe yeah. that? Yeah. 18 years of my life, I had no idea. And now, I have to put them on. It really makes a difference, though. Like, I can see things way sharper when they're up close and I'm not straining my eyes yeah. so I'll take it um it's funny how you put them yeah. on and it's like no one can see us yeah I know <laughs> they're good though they look good trust me they look good what do we got here today what's the tea of the day what is here? the literal tea we got South African vanilla bean yeah I, got I mean it smells good it, it smells, smells how did it taste um I couldn't taste it because it burnt my taste buds we are back here at the Tea Bazaar. They are lovely for hosting us. Absolutely. It smells like uh, just upon the instant of the smell. It's like a almost a wheat, like a sweet we, grain sort of. It's, but South Africa, South Africa is very much based in wheat based. Yeah. Really? Wheat based, based, sure? whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm I mean, last it. I. Vanilla. We'll we'll taste it later. But I have um I actually have a story um from it was a day after we uploaded the last pod the and first episode. I was you know because I was having a great day. Uh-huh. I was just I woke up in the morning. I was stoked. I'm like it's a beautiful day. I'm gonna go and shred. So I grab my skateboard and I book it down the street. Uh-huh. And there you know that there's this big hill yep. like right by my house. And people think I'm totally crazy for, like, actually going down that hill. Going down. You know? And then, so anyway, I'm going down the hill at, mm-hmm. like, 35 miles an hour. Yeah. Not wearing a helmet. Sorry, Mom. Um, <laughs> Come on, Eric. I know. I know. But as I'm going down the hill, you know, sunshine, birds are singing. It's 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 looking good. It's, it's like, like a deal. It's, it's a ideal. good day. It's, it's definitely ideal. And... You know, I I go around for probably two hours, I'm shredding out down these hills, you know, and I get a text from one of my clients, and he's like, "Hey, I have this um this small job for you." Small, small, <laughs> small, yeah, air quotes. Air um, quotes. It's this small job for you today, and I was wondering if you'd like to come take a look. So I was like, "Well, I mean, it's the slow season. It's winter time. There's not much in the landscape world that goes on." until late February when mulching season starts. So I need the money, you know, and I guess I'm saving up to buy a car. Um, and so I say, sure, I'll come take a look. So I go down there. I mean, he lives like right down the street from me. So 
I've got a wheelbarrow full of um, some things, you know, uh, my pruners, I've got um, some clippers, I've got a shovel, because what he described to me is that, hey, I have a plant that needs to be planted, and I've got a tree that needs to be, have some vines taken off of it. Some vines taken off some of vi it. Some vines, uh -huh. some. Yeah, so I get there, and he says, okay, I don't have the plant yet. And I was like, all right, cool, I'll go out into town, I'll buy it, I'll take care of it. He's like, cool. So we walked by to the other part of the job, which was on the on his property line, he has this giant eight foot tall like bush. Not a bush. I think it's, I know, like, it's like a hedge. I've seen I've seen yeah. those, yeah. It was a hedge and I was looking at it and yep. I you know, through this bush there it's it's climbing up these two trees and one of them's like a smaller, maybe thirteen foot high tree. And yep. it's completely covered in vines. Yeah. I mean it is just covered, you know. And it's thick at the top, too. And that tree has no breathing room. I walk down to the other end of this hedge, and, you know, it's got 12-plus feet of vines growing up on this big, probably 120-foot, uh, like, oak tree. And so I'm, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, this is – it's a big job, but, you know, I – because it's going to require a lot of ladders, you know, and some patience and some time, and it's dangerous work. You know, this, uh, I quickly found out this was like the sketchiest job I ever took, but that comes in later. Um, so I said, okay, cool. So I gave him the price of $250. And seems more than fair. It, it's, it's fair because this work is, it's super dangerous to be up on a ladder and to, you know, to add insult to injury. It's sloped. It's it's sloped against my advantage. So basically, the ladder is facing away from the, the trees and the bush. So I'm having to climb up the ladder and turn around and lean into the bush just to try and in hopes of getting. Now I only have an eight foot step ladder at this point. So I go off into town and get back to the plant. I go off into town. And I start looking for this plant. I spend like an hour going around town to every nursery I can think of mm. trying to find this specific plant. It was a skip auto or something. Andy, you actually helped me out with um, a job for this guy earlier this fall. This it past was that fall. same guy. It was that same guy. Oh, Bob. I'm so sorry. Oh, it was Bob. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so um, he... Tell so, that story. Tell that story. It's not really much of a story, but I helped air it out with... Um, it was planting a bunch of these like shrubs, 14, Four, 14 shrubs. And granted I was awful at it. Never really done that kind of work. I was even late, but <laughs> you know, that was forgiven. Mm -hmm. But this guy was probably the most stuck up stereotypical get off my lawn kind of guy. I mean, he watched us the entire time. He watched time. us the entire time. I have never us. had a client who's watched me the entire time. And he, like, stared me down. Uh, and he, like, yelled yeah. at me because I had to, like, walk on his grass. And he goes, mm. get off the grass. I'm like, why? Yeah. I didn't enjoy I just, work. Eric, yeah. He, it was just, it was weird. He was a pain to work for. Honestly, I've never had a client who has ever come out and stood there the entire time and been so critical yeah. of the work that you're doing. And it's, it was just, it felt weird. Because he, he wasn't like smiling, he's just like, yeah, just he, kind of sitting there, yeah. like it was, yeah. just, 
sketchy. It was very sketchy. I told myself, I said, I'm not going to take another job from this guy. Yeah. And so here I am taking a job <laughs> oh, from this yeah. guy. And I think the reason I did later. it was because, hell, I mean, I needed the money at that point, And it was slow in the season. I'm like, well, I mean, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And so, but you I have say to say now. he was a lot more chill. Really? With just me. Like, I was surprised. I mean, he was, he was almost nice working for him this time around i don't know maybe it was just me yeah i mean i don't know but um so anyway, i'm in town looking for this plant spent about an hour doing it i give him a call and say look i can't find this plant anywhere i went to lowe's i went to snow's nursery i went to um southern states i couldn't find it anywhere you, couldn't, you know yeah. i mean it's dead of winter so obviously it was nice it was like 55 degrees out though so it was fun. and then so um, he's like all right we'll take care of it in february so I'll just have to take care of that for him in February. Um, but anyway, I go back to over to his house, and I I set up the ladder on this first tree that's closest to the road. It's only about a 13-foot high tree. Um, and the ground is so uneven. Yeah. You know, it was, it was honestly, it was, but the first tree wasn't even that bad because I was just pulling down some, you know, pulling down the majority of it, yep. and I had to climb up on the ladder to try and, like, cut some of the vines that were higher up and without trying to harm the tree or anything i don't think i got any of the branches and so that takes me about 45 minutes to an hour and at this point it's 2 30 in the afternoon um i started at about one i went out to his house 1 30 and so i'm you know, I'm, I'm getting up in this tree, and it's there's this, there was this one part that was super sketchy. I, I put the ladder, like, underneath the tree, like, oh. in the middle of it, and I climbed up it, and there was, I mean, the ground was uneven again. My ladder was facing the opposite direction of where I needed to be, and I had my pruners, which are, uh, they're 26-inch um, electric pruners, minus the actual powerhouse, and I had, them, I had it up on the ladder with me, and it was like... Um, and I was just trying to, I was trying to get above my head, trying to whack at some of the stuff. And I was wobbling, I was wobbling. My balance was, it was, it was super sketchy. So at that point I was like, I hope it's not any worse over on the other end, which is higher and arguably worse. So at this point I didn't know that. And so I kept on, you know, doing the work. And I I finished that first tree in about an hour or so. And I pruned, um, the eight foot hedge that was um it was probably about 25 feet of hedge between the first tree and the second tree and so i I just trimmed that up real nice for him and after that i decided okay now i've got to start on this tree how am i going to do this like it looks you know at first i thought okay because i saw this one clump of vines that was like the main clump that was the it, but it was cluster. probably a good 12 you know 14 feet off the ground yep. and at that time i was thinking oh boy what did i get myself into what did you what did you I, do? honestly and um so i set up a ladder and i'm thinking okay if i get this then if i get this big bundle of vines i should be marginally okay with this yeah the ground was even more sloped the ladder was at like a 45 degree angle to the ground and cool. I, I was having to climb up the ladder, turn around mm-hmm. and lean myself into the bush, mm-hmm. 
Meantime, the ladder is wobbling beneath my feet the entire time. And I'm up like 10 feet off the ground at this point. And it's, I mean, honestly, dude, like, this is probably, this is the sketchiest job I've ever taken. To date. And to top that off, I spent the next two and a half hours. Two and and a half hours trying to get these vines that were just tangled up. They were like 12 feet above the the eight foot shrub, you know, growing up the tree. And I got, you know, there, but I would have these moments where I would get portions of the, of the bush and I would get stoked. I'm like, okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. But after like over two hours of this, I was just, I was so done with it. I'm like, look, the only thing I can do is chop it, you know, at the top of this bush and hope it dies. So I can, I mean, honestly, I don't know what other business could have even gone in there and done a better job because you'd have to have like some sort you would of have truck. to have one of those electric um well there's big like you know the lift things yep, like the lift, the, the lift trucks yep. like you would have had to rent one of those which is like probably fourteen hundred dollars and then For one of them yeah. and then you'd you have know. to like you know go on the other person's driveway and like get the thing yeah, over and just try to it's, it was just so sketchy and it was so bad and after two over two and a half hours working i mean i was there till the sun went down <coughs> from one o'clock until around the sun like went five, down five around 5 30 or so yeah i knew it was going to take my afternoon but i didn't know that i was going to be working all the way up until the sunset but you got to do that sometimes <laughs> you know because i'm not going to leave them with an unfinished job it's Have not my work ethic you know not, yeah. and so i you know <coughs> you good man you yeah, know i'm good i'm just Oh, so you got back my throat. Yeah, I got you. So, like, yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so I, you know, the sun's going down. The guy comes out. I'm like, hey, look, this is the best I can do for you. You know, the other tree is completely clean. I could only get so much of this. And it's, there's just, it's just too tangled and too high and way too dangerous. Because I would have had to climb into the bush. Into the bush, Like, though. just to, and, and like, no on way, the tree. There's no way that could have I would have had you. to. I'm jumped like six yeah. feet onto the tree and yeah. then, you know, winning my poo the way up all in the tree and tried to get the vines. It was just ridiculous. It was honestly, there, yeah. oh my gosh, dude, when I got home, I was, I mean, I had to get the truck, come back as the sun was literally below the horizon. It was getting dark. I had to hurry up and rake all of the clippings I had, load them in the truck. Right. Oh my God, dude. I went home and I asked my brother, I'm like, hey, can you help me out with something? He was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, really, dude? I'm tired. You know, I have, like, I just please. need your help. And yeah. he was like, no. So I take the truck. And I mean, there's probably around easily my body weight plus. Around 100. Probably over. 200 pounds um, oh, wow. per. Um, so I grabbed a bundle of this vine. Mm-hmm. And I took the rest of it with it because it's a vine. So it just kind of grabbed onto everything. Yeah. And so I'm taking half of this massive pile that's easily three times the size of the truck bed. Mm. and i'm trying to cram it into the truck bed and i'm in there i'm jumping on it and i'm trying to just get it all down get it all down and i had to pack it down like eight times yeah it was ridiculous and you know on top of that it was dark at this point and i'm raking up the last bit of everything and i'm hoping that you know everything's all right and when i oh my gosh when i finally finished up and i went home i was like dude that was I mean, kicked it, it kicked my ass. It really it did. Sounds, yeah, it was it was pretty awful. I was beat, man. I still have like scars on my legs. All cut from, up and... It was, you know, but I did get paid, so it was fine. But you know, 
that's just the kind of stuff you got to do sometimes. Get your stuff done, but, man. I mean, hey, it's middle of the winter. I'll take 250 any day of the week, man, honestly. So, it's not bad money. Um, but, but yeah, that's what's new with me. <laughs> was, sounds like a lot, man. Yeah. I told you I was going to save this story for the pod. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, this is the first time he's telling me this. And, yeah. I mean, oh, that is actually. Yeah. This is true. I mean, yeah. I had it, in fact, I had it all written down um, mm -hmm. in my notes, and like, I didn't even go off of that. I was like, there's just yeah, too much. Yeah. But, um, and the guy didn't even. He was like, oh, I'm gonna go take a walk. He didn't even, but he wasn't even like, like last time. Like, he wasn't even he creepy wasn't or anything. Watching. He was just like, all right, I trust you, you can do a good job, you know? So when he said small job, what does he expect? Like, for you to climb up the tree? And I thought like... it was gonna be like, maybe two hours at most and like 75 bucks yeah you know but it's not, and it but it wasn't because this was this easily the sketchiest job i've ever taken i mean i've taken harder jobs but this is takes the cake as the sketchy. absolute sketchiest job weird, you know? not safe yeah it was awful it was <sighs> awful man but oh, yeah i've been yapping a while so right, that was um we were a brave braver than most <laughs> And when you run your own business and it's wintertime, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do, honestly. That's what it comes to. But hey, you know, I'm better off for it in the end. I'm not complaining. I got paid. 50 bucks richer, so. Yeah, I'll take Doing that. your thing. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. All right, so on to today's subject. Absolutely. So we decided that it would be good to cover the, the ideas that happiness and I guess kindness kind of coincide together absolutely yeah and this is gonna be probably a shorter one because in this subject range because there's not really a whole to say I think we each give our own thing and then that's gonna be but that. you know I feel like it's a discussion though, it is, no it is a discussion there's a lot of different points of how you know kindness and happiness they do go together really well and how one affects the other yeah. you know in the end but, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the subject as a whole? So, I believe that with kindness and happiness, they do go hand in hand. Um, I think that kindness can create happiness. I think happiness can ultimately create kindness. But I do think it is kindness can create happiness. And from my experience, you know, you don't know what someone's going through. You don't know... Yeah. If someone's having a bad day, if they just broke up with their partner, if their dog just died, if, you know, they got fired at work, if they had a bad day at work. And I approach people as a whole with the idea that, you know, treat them like they're having a bad day. Try to cheer them up. Bring, be, at the very least, just a little bit of light in their yeah. shit day. And it's... It's definitely uplifting when you help somebody and they even tell you that. And sometimes not everyone tells you, but, you know, you affect people in such a way that, you know, you bring light to their day and you bring them happiness by showing them kindness. Even if it's really, really on a small scale. I mean, you know, like, how you doing or, you know, giving them a compliment. Like, small stuff like that really does work. Absolutely, and I think that it also makes you feel better when oh, you for, do it. For, you know, and for sure. I mean, it. Yeah. 
it makes you feel fulfilled in a way. Yeah. It, um, you know, sometimes what I've found actually is that when I'm super kind to people, you know, of course it makes me happier, but it also feels selfish feels to do to um, face, selfish. Yeah, to, it feels selfish to be good to people. In so a way, often, but, it, but in a good way. You know, in a great way, yeah. It's not. Yeah. When you give back to people, you know, it you, makes you feel good. But when you give back to people a lot. A and lot, people who you know make your day and make and just are a big part of your life. Yep. For me, it, it feels selfish sometimes because I feel like I'm doing so much for so many people. Like, but it feels so good. Yep. You know, it, it feels amazing, and yeah. I think with, I think you know, kind of on that, it's you know whether it's big or small, it, it benefits somebody and it serves somebody else, and I think a lot of people don't unfortunately do that. They're can come off as selfish and they self righteous and all that. It's really you know, it's really up to you the kind of day you wanna have and the no, kind of life you wanna have. Regardless of your situation, it's all about perspective. Oh for you know, sure. it's all about how you view the world. Yep. And for me, like I'm stoked all day, every day. Of course not all day. Not like all. not That's near near impossible. You know, but I'm stoked you know, probably 95% of the time. And I'm happy all the time. You're happy trying to do it. Because, you, you know, either I'm doing what I love to do or I'm giving back to people. Yep. Or, you know, I'm just satisfied with, you know, what I got going on. But it's really, and it's, it's all about attitude. It really is. If you have a bad attitude toward things, and if you're negative, then you're going to get. Then you're going to yeah. see negative. If you're if you're negative, if you have a negative perspective, that's all you're going to get back. You're exactly. not going to. You're never going to be uplifted. Yep. You're never going to have uh, a good day because exactly. you've chosen. Because you're in control. You've chosen to have a bad day. I've had plenty of days where I've not really. I've woken up kind of on the wrong side of the bed, and I've been like, you know, it might have been something from the night before. It might have been something that I'm stressed about or that's ongoing. But you know, if you. If you take matters into your own hands, and you realize that you are in control, you are you you are the ultimate one who dictates how your life goes was, and what you do in life. Yep. You know, I learned that, and I decided that I just wanted to take matters into my own hands and do my life how I wanted it to be done. And I'm I'm so much happier off doing that Happy because, for, for instance, like I was tired of working for other people. Being on their schedules, you know, not making as much as I want to make. So I created my own business. And I've been so much happier and so much more successful with that and because of that. That, you know, it, it's just, it's really brought me a lot of security and a lot of just happiness and joy and fulfillment in my life. You know, and of course that's not for everyone. It's not. You know, and it takes, a, it's really, it's hard work, yeah. as you heard. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but you have great days, you know, you have not yeah. so great days, yeah. you, you do, um, but overall, it makes me happy because it it gives me a sense of accomplishment and freedom. It really gives me a sense gives of freedom. freedom, and freedom to me is also happiness. You know, just having to the do ability to do what I want, when I want, and how I want it done yep. gives me happiness and gives me freedom. And I think another thing... I know I've been talking a lot this pod, so forgive me. But um, <laughs> um, I'm not complaining. Yeah, but uh, a lot of the 
Oh, you go. Well, okay, so I, I didn't mean to cut you off, oh, for but sure. I think it's all about, again, it's all about perspective. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you see freedom as happiness, and maybe some other people don't, but it's it's all about how you go about things, and it's about what you want to see in things as yeah, well. Like, absolutely. not not sweating the small stuff, not, you know... Don't worry about the things you can't control. Exactly, don't be afraid of hard work. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that is kind of the yeah. deterrent for people is they don't want to work hard. Yeah. Or they don't want to work exactly. for yeah. their happiness, and they just want to hand it over to them. And yeah. Otherwise, more people would be doing it. You know, another, another big thing that I've found throughout life, and I'm sure you've found, is that drama will create stress and anxiety oh, sure. that will ruin your day. It will. And frankly, will ruin... A lot of days because you're worried about things that you shouldn't be worried about exactly. you know and if you cut out the drama in your life and if you cut out you know all the things that are just negative in your life and you focus on the positive and you really um, you know you're gonna be a happier person you don't worry about other people's business and yeah you just do you and makes you... regardless of your situation it's what you make of it exactly. you're in ultimately in control to Make your life what you want it to be. Exactly. You know? Like I was wasn't satisfied with how things were going for me, so I I made a change. I turned it around, and I'm happy because of it. Yeah. What I did in middle school, though. Absolutely. Just, and I won't say any names, but I I surrounded myself with people that didn't make me feel good. They were, you know, it seemed like every single year there was always something that happened. The drama. The drama. They made me choose between friends and people, and it was just, it was a mess. And they, you know, judged me for stuff I wanted to do. Like, they put the hardship of, you know, they, they put judgment on me for wanting to grow up. <laughs> they put judgment on me for wanting to work and get a car. And, you know, these guys... Obviously, some of my best friends in middle school, but I feel like that's not really a friend. No, not at all. Someone who doesn't want to see you grow. Someone who doesn't want to see you... Someone, you know... Succeed. Succeed, exactly. Not be so stagnant in life. And I... You know, I wanted to be an adult. I wanted to move away from the whole kitty bullshit of, you know, worrying about who kissed who or you know, whatever, it's, yeah. or he said this, or she said that, like, I don't care anymore, and they still did, they still carried on that, you know, he, he said, they the drama, said, dude. drama, and it was like, it was middle school drama, and they, <laughs> from what I hear now, they still carry on that, That's and they dude. surround themselves with new people, it really is, it really comes down to who you surround yourself with, now, now, how did that change when you entered high school? Well, I met you and Trayden and Kyle, and granted, it wasn't really a group yet, but you guys really changed my perspective. I'm like, okay, there are decent people. Yeah. There isn't, you know, these guys are chill. They don't care. They, you know, they're accepting whatever, and that really, like, changed my perspective on things because it just didn't, it gave me hope. It felt more mature. Exactly. You guys were a lot more mature. You guys wanted the same things as me. Like, you guys wanted to grow up. You didn't want to stay a yeah. little middle schooler for the rest of your life. And, yeah. you know, and you guys were, didn't let negativity drag you down and become a personality trait. And yeah. Yeah. Whatnot. So, yeah. 
Absolutely, man. Like, for sure. I mean, I, when I entered high school, it was a completely new world for me because I was actually homeschooled for the entirety of middle school. And it, it wasn't, socially it wasn't the best thing for me, but academically it definitely helped me out because, I mean, my teachers, when I was in fourth grade, they literally came up for me and like, so you didn't do so well on your test. And this was like every week they'd come to me, all of them, be like, you didn't do so well on your test. test. And I was like, oh, oh, dude. I mean, I was not the smartest child. Let's just say that. Me, I mean, me I was, either. as you know, I was climbing trees and eating dirt. But <laughs> I, you know, and actually, one of the stupidest things that anyone ever told me that I believed was, oh, in order to, for the test to end, I mean, this was a test on the computer, so I didn't really think twice about it, but he said, in order for the test to end, you have to get a certain percentage of the questions wrong. <laughs> and so, and so I proceeded to um, purposely try to end the test soon by soon getting as many wrong as I could. <laughs> and it, it shot myself in the foot because my parents thought I was like special and something. Were and I wasn't not in a good way. No, no, no. I was. Um, I did that to myself. That's my bad. You, you That's did, my bad. Yeah. I re- you know, I realized when I when I go wrong, that was one of those that moments. Was, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's. It was so yeah. dumb. I was like, "What are you doing, man?" Uh, I know what you mean. I mean, I in in middle school, I had a horrible time with doing like real math mm. i had struggled painting i was struggling with paying attention and you know really keeping a good view on things and i yeah. just it was a lot for me and then you know going into high school it became a little bit easier because you know i kind of gained the mature maturity to really study and whatnot it's all about applying yourself absolutely yeah i mean um, again you're in control of yeah what the of outcome what you is do, of what you do yeah. and and then there was some stuff that i just i was completely dumbass at. oh absolutely I mean, man we all are by father can attest to that uh, <laughs> many many nights of sitting down and you know hearing going speech over yeah. yeah but um I, I think with um as far as like happiness and kindness go like i i don't know my whole life and this is a family trait but we're, we're just positive people overall we have a positive outlook on life and we joke around about a lot of stuff you know that might be heavy, but that's how we do it. You know, oh. that's that's how we get by. And I tell you what, it's um, it's good, it's good overall. But yep. I would say that um, it's just really how you look at the world. You know, I've known a lot of negative people, and I've had a lot of negative people in my life. And to be honest, I've you know I've I've tried to help them, but if you're so set in your negative ways that you're not willing to give positivity a try look on the bright side of life you know look at the sunshine enjoy the you know enjoy the enjoying small the small things that's another thing i wanted to talk about if you enjoy the small things in life then it makes it worth it it, it, it does. really does i mean does. for me the small things in life like every night i go for a walk regardless of well mainly regardless of the temperature or the weather conditions unless it's like too cold or like raining that's yeah, never too cold oh dude hush i can't do cold man but um you should see me last night i had like i literally had five layers on and oh, and and like and shorts and then sweatpants is bad but um when i go for a walk at night i i just wander i don't really care where i go what i you know but i i use that time to think and to reflect on 
my life and on the things going on in my life currently and people and you know where I want to be in the future what I've done and what I can do and just it you know and just trying to talk to you know to myself and you know figure things out then you figure it out solve my own problems and um, it's really helped my mental status so, you know yeah. to remain high and to remain stoked yep. because I'm just able to get it all out there you know and the reason I like to walk in the night is because you know one it's beautiful it is when you're out there just kind of quiet it's quiet you can see there's the stars dude the stars are so so beautiful at night yep. I mean and it's quiet no one can see you you know no one can hear you there's no one around and that's what I really like about it because I can just be alone and just you can be yourself and yeah well be myself and indulge in you know what's going on in my mind really yep. dig into my mind and what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling Not and me. then and then deal with that in whatever way is appropriate, you know, whether I'm, you know, and it's, it really helps me to find, to recenter myself, you know, and yep. to find the calm within the storm that is life. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's awesome for me. And I just, it's peaceful and it's soothing. It's like, it's like a meditation. It almost. is very much so. Yeah, it's a meditation. And, um, and that's what helps me, you know, remain stoked and happy. I feel um, kind of back to the topic, but I feel like kindness and happiness go hand in hand. Because if you're a happy person, you're more willing to be kind to yep. other people and to therefore spread the stoke and spread the happiness, the happiness to everyone around you just by being kind. Because yep. you can make someone stay, exactly. you know, and by just showing a little kindness and, you know, just doing your thing yeah man. I mean just if you're if you're a happy person and you send out like positive vibes That's, yep. you're gonna you can you're gonna you, you can, can spread, spread it's contagious man you can it's you can contagious. spread it and it can it'll grow exactly yeah. and it only takes one person man and the right amount of people but or the right kind of people but it's um it's definitely there it's just you need to yeah. do it um but well said man well said oh, oh thank you man yeah well said it's, and it's a lot of the time it's the people who you surround yourself with Exactly. That influence your, because I always think about it like, you're the combination of the five guys you kick it with the most. Yeah, and five people who you hang around with. The yeah, most. and I think that um, it's it's definitely true, you know. It's true. And it's the people's attitudes will rub off on you too. Like if you're hanging out with negative, you know, schmoles, losers, and. <laughs> you're gonna then you're you're gonna you're, see you're, the world a very gonna, different you're way. Gonna be a loser. You're gonna, and if you're hanging out with like if I'm hanging out with Andy and Trayden and Kyle, you know, and we're all just upbeat and just you know, chilling. just living life and it's yeah. good to have a, a solid group of friends, friends yep. to you know, carry you through. But it makes you appreciate life more. Absolutely. Yeah. But again, Wilson then Wilson. Thank you. What do you, um, do you have anything else to add to that? So, I mean, obviously I don't want to be repeating myself, but actually, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, what, um, what, 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 what makes you happy and what, what gets you positive? Well, yeah. Um, it's to me, 
it's finding new things in life to, I guess, learn about. Oh, right on. Like, Hearing, like, new stories and, and getting to, like, know people. Like, I love talking, knowing people's stories. Because you never know who you're going to be. Absolutely. That's the great thing about life. Is that you never, you never know... You never know who you, you you honestly I think one thing that's kept me going a lot is the fact that you have no idea what tomorrow's gonna bring. Exactly. You have no idea who you're so gonna meet. And I've had I've been at some places in my life where I'm like, things are stagnant. I need to get out you need to do and something. meet some people. And when I do, when I meet people, I'm like, dude, I'm it. stoked. It's great. You know? Oh yeah, I mean I love love going out and hanging out and you yeah. know seeing where the day takes us. I mean, whenever we hang out, we don't have a plan. Oh, no. <laughs> we just get in the car and then it's like, all right, let's, let's figure where, it out. Where are we going to go? Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's pretty great. It is. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of the times that's really what makes, you know, because our, our friend group, it's just four dudes, just you know, four just, guys hanging out. just hanging and, out. And what I like yeah. about it is that we're all drastically different, but not in a bad way. Like we all yeah. combine really well. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like four sides of a four-sided coin. Like a three-dimensional coin. Like a, <laughs> like a cube. Well, no, cubes have like eight sides. Do they? No, they have six. Wait. Six? No, no, no. no. Uh, eight, uh, one, two, two, four, six. It, it's six. I think it's like six. Yeah, it's like I think six. It's six. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's could, six We could sides. be butchering this right now. And... I don't know. It's like six sides of a... Or no, four... Four parts of a square. You, know? you could say that, yeah. I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all do. We vibe pretty well together. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, but we are very different. I we you are, know, I yeah. that. Like, you know, you got me, who's just kind of a, a surfer, yeah. you know, and you've got you, who's like a charismatic writer. Like, he goes deep on things, you know, thinks a lot. Hey, uh, a thinker. You got an artist, you know, who's, you know, just doing artist stuff. And then you got like a guy who's just kind of chill. Well, then you got Kyle, the actor. Kyle, yeah, he's not. He's well, awesome. so you got the photographer, the writer, the artist, and the actor. Dude, that's good. That's a good dynamic like right a, there. Sounds like a... Yeah. I'm so thankful to have y'all as my, you know, as my driving force day to day. Exactly. Honestly. And, yeah, if, I mean, go out there and find people like that for you in, in exactly. your life, and, and you're going to have a great life. People you know? that don't control you, people that want to see you grow, don't limit you. Yeah, people that trust you. Yes, exactly. Don't. Yeah, you know, people who want to see the best version of you. Exactly, not keep you keep you down. Yeah, like don't let the man keep you down. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot, you know. There's a lot. um, But absolutely, I think a good friendship doesn't take a whole lot. Just two people, like us, hanging out. I mean, we met four people or a group of people hanging out, just chilling. Like we met in. Guitar, guitar class, class yeah. freshman year, dude. That lady <laughs> didn't know how to teach guitar for like. No, she gave up halfway. Oh, she did. I don't know, like, how she even graded us because, like, we didn't even do anything half the time. Yeah, we yeah. just hung out. Absolutely, yeah. It's crazy. That was an interesting class because we had a uh, with Connor. Oh, dude, I hated him so. Much. Everybody, he was... everybody hates him. He's such no. a schmoll. He is the biggest schmoll. He's the biggest. Schmoll. I know a schmoll for those of you who don't know is basically a guy who brings. He's a total buzzkill. Brings yeah. nothing to the table and is overall kind of a loser. You know, that's yeah. a schmoll. He, I mean, he it, it, again, it's all about perspective. Totally I mean, schmoll. He was nice. 
No, he wasn't. To me, he was. Oh, he hated me. He was... Well, no, he, I know no, he, he was, was like... Like, he was so mean to me. Like, I remember one... He always would take... He was annoying. Oh, old. he took, like, your stuff? He took my... He would take my stuff, and he took my water bottle. Oh, and he day. broke it. I remember and that. And he... It was full water. And I'm just chilling, you know, strumming or something. And he's... He takes it, and he holds it up, yep. you know? And then he, like, smashes it on the ground. Man, yep, I remember I like, that. Like... You little... I, I was... I mean, I didn't even... I, I'm not really one to get, like... Angry. Angry. Like I'm more passive aggressive than anything, but yeah, he yeah. can be. And uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I just uh, I just I just sat down there and I was like, I can't believe this guy. Like, I mean, t- the biggest schmoll in the world. Yeah. Absolute. I mean, I was and just then, I was mad, dude. Yeah, and then I I really there's wanted. There's other people in that class. Well, I mean, you had. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I won't say their names, but it was the guy in the. It was like this two seniors. Oh yeah, the the ones here. He was like really good at um, guitar. Guitar. He played Stairway to Heaven every class. Whenever he would mess up on one part, he would repeat the entire thing over it. Even if he was like at the home stretch, he'd be like, would, "Oh, we're gonna go back to the beginning." Like, yeah. And then the um, the other senior who I actually formed a connection with, but unfor- unfortunately, um, we don't talk anymore. But we kind of became close and That's formed good. like a friendship, and nice. she really guided me freshman year she really helped me out a lot nice man that's awesome it's good to have those again having those people in your life are gonna it's gonna make you happy yeah she yeah was guiding force that's awesome man yeah a little background little little background yeah um that was a that was a that was a good class and then so because i remember how we kind of formed was i introduced you and trained yeah i remember i remember we were in the auditorium you guys shook hands and was like, what's up? Yeah, I was like, what up, dude? He was, I, I, I instantly knew his vibe was like, right. He was, yeah, he yeah. was chill. And then, and then, how did I meet Kyle or how did like, y'all meet? I introduced you guys. I introduced pretty much everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Because I knew him from... The glue. Kind of, yeah. Both. The glue. Because yeah. um, I knew him from... Do you want any more of this? No, I'm, I'm good. Okay, cool. But, there's a decent amount of but I, yeah, I remember we all kind of met. I knew Kyle through a mutual friend that I played football with. And if you didn't know that, I played football freshman year and got my ass kicked. Yeah. It was one year, <laughs> one year. Um, but I met him through that. And, yeah, I mean, and I just kind of, not to sound egotistical, but I kind of brought everyone together. Oh, you in did. A way, in a way. Like, did, I, I introduced sure. everybody. It was, nice. it was nice. We. Yeah. I wouldn't call this really funny. I mean, I guess it's funny looking back, but we all kind of bonded when we took a trip to the Holocaust Museum, <laughs> which is... That's true. That, I mean, weirdest, that, was, that was kind of the... Um, that was the weirdest place to really bond, but... but we, we bonded. We did. And that was kind of the official beginning of what we call the Umbrella Squad. Why? And why do we call it the Umbrella Squad, Because we decided at lunch, and Monticello has a courtyard with outdoor seating, yeah, and they used to have umbrellas. Used to. They don't anymore because we would take them out and then jump off them and yell, I'm Mary Poppins, <laughs> motherfucker. Yep. And then, yep. yeah, and then they took out the umbrellas and the name just kind of stuck. Yeah. We were the, yeah, we, um, that, there are no more, th- so like, yeah, you can thank us. There, there are no there more. There are no umbrellas. more, yeah. That's my bad. We all have to like squint, <laughs> yeah. squint when it's really sunny out at lunch, but, yeah. you know, it's whatever. Yeah, man, it happens. It's all good. It's a little, all story. Yeah. It's radical. Yeah. 
It is, but it's uh, it's fun. Yeah. Good cool, times, man. Cool origin, cool origin story. Origin story, yeah. That's um, how we all came to be. But. Yeah. And, cool, man. Like, what what gets you? I think I already asked you what gets you happy. Like. So I mean, another thing that brings me happiness is, besides probably like writing, is. Watching really good movies. Mm. Watching any movies, really. Yeah. And I love getting immersed in a... Film buff. Exactly. Or I love TV shows and movies. Cause it's like an alternate world, man. Yeah. You know, everything's planned out and meticulous. And... But also, you don't know what's going to happen. A well-done film yeah. at the same time. And... Yeah. I think what also adds happiness to my life is doing the things that you're passionate about. Yep. You know? Like, for me, that's like surfing or skateboarding, you know... Um, photography, just enjoying the day, you know, and taking taking advantage. I have a saying actually, and when I'm out, you know, on my long walks at night, I come up with these things. It just kind of come to me, or you know, this one in particular has stuck. It's um my favorite one. It's that you know, do what you can while you can because life is short, and you got to make the most of it. And that that rings true for me every day of my life because if you don't make the most of every day that you've got on Earth. Yep. Then, what's the point of living? Man? Absolutely. What's the point? I what's the point? Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I just try to take advantage of every second I've got to do exactly. something either enjoyable or productive or something that sets me up for my future, you know, and just something that gets me stoked, you know, like, and enjoying the little things like the sunshine or the nice yep. day, you know, getting out and tanning. I was actually able to tan like a little bit a couple of days ago. It's warm yeah. enough I could. See, that's the benefit of being who I am, is because this is natural all year round. Then. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's also all year round, but it's it's kind of skin damage at this point. But yeah, uh, no, you're gonna. You're I got. I got cancer by the time you're 35. Oh man. gosh, you know, man. I mean, I'm out in the sun. I'll, uh, way too much. I mean, that, it comes much. with my work, and yeah. it also comes with my play. You know. And I just I love the sun, man. It's like a it's like a sweet nectar that I just like soak up. It'll kill you eventually. Eventually, that's not now. <laughs> but Down the road. I, I I like tanning. It gets me stoked. You know, it I don't, it just does. Like my watch tan. I don't know. Andy can. I mean, even in the winter time, it's a little scary to look at. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, I'm like I'm, if I, you did not have any sunshine, you'd be really really white. <laughs> so, but I am, I'm darker than you, actually. Even in the winter. By a little bit, but yeah. you could Even lose. in the wintertime, I'm darker than Andy. Exactly. What? Did she wait till summer, dude? <laughs> My dad thought I was a different race. <laughs> like a couple summers ago. Um, oh my gosh, dude. Like, he literally looked at me one day and he was like. Are you my son? He's like, yeah, basically. Like we adopted you. Yeah. And at that point, I've been surfing for like two weeks straight. And I've been to Florida a bunch. And I just yeah. kind of, yeah. But I'm I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of being in direct sunlight. I mean, I like it when it's sunny and warm out, but I hate suntan. I live outside, man. Like 90% of the time I'm outside. It's great. I'm an animal. I belong in a cage. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, that also gets me stoked. You're darker than a a Macedonian. (laughs) For those of you who didn't know, um, I would be shocked if 
anybody listening actually knew where this was, but my family heritage is from Macedonia, which is a tiny Greek. No. <laughs> Sorry, Baba. Um, not Greek. It is its own country. They hate the Greeks, so count this. Sometimes. It, it depends on who you ask. Still love uh, hate relationships. Sometimes. But we always get mixed up together, and that's like the most offensive thing you can say to a native Macedonian. Oh, you look Greek? <laughs> you kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Exactly. Man. But, uh, that's good, though. Yeah, I mean... But... Yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean... Life for me, kind of back on topic, life for me is all about finding the stoke. You know, day to day, it's what keeps me happy and it's what keeps me going is finding, you, you know, the stoke to do what you want to do and yeah. have that, have that drive. Also, man. Also, yeah, I'll thank you, man. Yeah. All right. Also on your part. You want to get into our media? Let's go into our media. I think yeah. we said what needed to be said about Absolutely. We did. That was good, man. Good job. Yeah. Good shit. All right. Introduce All right. this. Alright, so this is a personal favorite of mine. For our media of the week, we decided to do the film The Dreamers, directed by Bernardo Bertolucci in 2003. The Dreamers can be described as an art film. Yeah, I suppose a so. A romance, a drama. Give a, give a brief synopsis. So The Dreamers is essentially... A a love story, but not in the conventional way. It is the spring of 1968. A exchange student, an American exchange student. From uh, Cali. From California. SoCal. From California. A uh, kid by the name of Matthew. He is about 20... He's like 19 or 20. Yeah. And... He's in Paris, and he goes Betty. there for a semester to study French. And he is a really big cinephile, loves going to the movies, you know, gives a whole rundown. And he goes to the Cinematheque, and if you know what that is, more power to you. Um, <laughs> but if you don't know what the Cinematheque is, it will, is, I believe it's still there, is a movie theater that was put into a palace. Nice. And it even yeah. says in the movie, only the French would do that. <laughs> and he, he goes, like, every weekend, every time he has free time, he goes to see a movie. And he's a part of this, like, Freemasons group that, you know, loves film and loves the art of film. And during one of his trips there, he runs into these uh, siblings who are also the main characters, uh, Teo and Isabel. And then his life was forever changed. Um, Teo and Isabel are very weird. Very, very strange individuals. He... And it's not just because they're French. It's not, not just because <laughs> they're French. But they essentially bring him into this sort of life where... would be considered taboo for other people. He, you know, moves in with them, lives with them after their parents go to the country for a month, and he then comes to find out that they're very comfortable around each other. And, Eric, I'll let you kind of... Oh, Lord. It is a mess. I mean, 
let's not let's not spoil any of the good parts. But uh, it, let's just say they're all very comfortable they're with all each other. I'm talking like all three nude in the bathroom in the bathtub at the same time. All hanging all out. All hanging out. You know, smoking a joint, drinking their parents' wine, yep. and and I wish just such you know for me. I, I feel like at the end of that movie, I was able to understand you a little better. <laughs> understand me, yeah. But I couldn't quite, I, I still can't quite understand, understand why that. I can, I, I kind of feel I know you better. Um, I mean, we've known each other for four years, yeah. you know, it's... You gained, yeah. I, and now I learned something new, but yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting, it was fascinating, but it was really kind of strange and weird. It makes you think. You know, it There's a lot of parts of that movie that are deep. It's, um, it makes you really, yeah. really think, because... It, it's not just a love story between three people. It's not a drama. It's not just a drama. It's not this political piece. It's a lot. Of, it's like everything mixed together, and it creates this weird but masterful piece of art. In in my opinion, I see it as art. And it the way it tells its story and the way it's not afraid to really go there. Oh no, and, it's not afraid at all. And it's you know it makes you. It makes you really reevaluate how you view film and how you see things. Because obviously, you know, with Bertolucci, he is pretty infamous for having very full frontal nudity in his films. And. Created R. This was NC 17. That's worse. I mean, so this was. And. Sorry, Mom. You'll, you'll never be allowed back over at my house. Um, but the way... I'm 18, I can do whatever. <laughs> but... Yes, please. Um, this tea is actually really good. It is. Um, it's like... Uh, South African vanilla tea. I, I can taste the vanilla, but it also kind of tastes like oats and like like a sweet grain. Sweet grain. Yeah. But anyway, so back to the film. Um, the way nudity is used in this isn't used for shock value. And initially, a very closed-minded or unfirst view, and you would think it's used for shock value. But in reality, it's used as kind of this essential part of the story. It gives them, it characterizes them, it makes them, I guess, human in a way. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It, it shows that they're all very comfortable around each other, and they don't hold anything back. And it's, and even throughout the film, you can see how Matthew, you know, he initially thinks it's weird. Then he gets drawn into it, and then he gets he kind of pops back out of it, and then he tries to not really take Isabel away from it, but tries to give her a new perspective. Yeah. If, how, now, how many times have you watched this movie? Ah, uh, this is my third time going through it. Nice. That's not too and, much. And you know, really thinking about it, like I think Matthew being introduced to their lives really shook them up. Oh, for sure. Because up until that point, they were all living in this bubble. Well, of. the twins were. They were very yeah. much just... They're, according to Taylor, they're assigned these twins. Joined yeah. in the mind. mind. According to them, so, yeah. yeah. It's... It... Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, it just it really just makes you think. Absolutely. Now, I think one of the things I found kind of... That I saw, at least, upon this first go-around of it, was... The the connection between Tao and Isabel and how 
it kind of developed over the story. Um, whereas in the beginning, you just see them as two siblings who are really weird. Yeah. And then it, you kind of go into the film a little bit more and you realize that, oh, wait. They're, Teo is kind of controlling. He Teo is Isabel. very controlling. Unintentionally, though. I feel like it's an, it's unintentional, but it's still a big part of, you know, mm. their song, like, the relationship. relationship. Well, no, I mean, it's a similar it's, relationship. Yeah, um, but it's really Teo, weird. Yeah, but Teo is, he, you know, kind of doesn't really take a liking to Matthew. No, he, he thinks he's weird. He thinks Matthew's weird for, which, not, for not going along with all their stuff. And even Teo... I guess you could call this as weird, gets jealous of Matthew for the fact that yeah. he shows romantic interest in Isabel and yeah. the fact that... Even though they're siblings. Even though they are siblings, yeah. they do have this kind of almost romance, romantic connection. I saw it as that, for sure. Um, and yeah. and then Matthew, he, he goes along with it for a while and then he yeah. kind of snaps out of it. He yeah. he realizes, wait, dude, this, this, is, this, is, this ain't right. This isn't right. And he tries to pull Isabel, like I said before, pulls her out of it. And it was a really heartwarming scene because, you know, he, you know, he asks her, like, have you just been out on a normal date? And she goes, no, I've only been out with Teo. And he goes, all right, do you want to go out with me? And it's, and it was a nice scene because it was really, yeah. you could see how happy she was and how different and how. Almost normal. Almost normal. Yeah. Like yeah. a sense of normalcy. And then that's all kind of shattered when they get home and Teo to. I guess what you could really see is like spiting the two of them was he hooks up with this chick that he knows from college and it, you know, I mean, but how do you interpret that? Like, you know, when they come home and they find the gloves. I feel like since, um, I feel like Teo got jealous and kind of wanted to get Isabel back. In a way, you know, wants to, he was like, well, if, you know, they can go have fun, then I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go have fun. And but I feel like he did it to spite Isabel and to spite Matt, Matt you know, little, yeah, to, to an extent. You know, but I feel like it was mainly to spite Isabel. To spite. Well, I would say it's more to spite Matthew and to kind of pull Isabel back in because no, I feel like it was an attack on Isabel because if it was an attack on Matthew, I feel like he'd be a, more direct about it and he wouldn't just go off with another woman. You know, oh, I feel yeah. like he would just. I feel like he would, um, you know, do something to Matthew. You know. I don't know. I, I don't, just I wouldn't I wouldn't it, think that it would he yeah. It's interesting because you don't really see it like that because you think, you know, that kind of plays into his manipulation because you know, after um Isabel finds out about the two of them, you know, she you remember when yeah. she starts pounding on the door and crying out Teo's name and you know, when she freaks out and Matthew's there to try and comfort her and then eventually yeah. he gives up, uh-huh. it it shows just how Teo kind of knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. Almost and in a he way. Did, he did that on purpose. I feel it was to spite Isabel it for going out with Matthew. Matthew which that's what that's what I would interpret it as. Is manipulation and whatnot. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, anything else you want to add about it? Um, I would... Definitely recommend it. I think yeah. it, for it's so thought provoking. It is. Honestly. It is. Um, and just yeah. the way they tell the story and how not everything is as it really seems. Yeah, right on. And the ending is really open ended mm-hmm. because obviously a riot goes on and 
if you didn't know anything about the late 60s in Paris, um, there's a lot of what could be seen as fascist activity, and the youth of France decided they would try to provoke a communist revolution, in a sense. Right, yeah. Because you could see they were running by with the communi- communists, with the Soviets, chanting and communist things. You know, and there was even a scene between Matthew and Teo about Mao Zedong and how if Teo really believed in communism, he would actually be out there doing it instead of talking about movies and sipping expensive wine. That, yeah. And, you know, how Matthew says, basically says to Teo, like, you're privileged and you don't, you like the idea of it, but you're not willing to fight for it. Yeah. And then obviously Teo. Chokes him out, mm-hmm. puts his hands around his throat, and doesn't really playfully do it. Like as uh, he his, means it, he means it. And then Isabel walks in, and they don't really yeah. do anything else. Um, but yeah, I mean, so let's get on to the ending. So, what did you think about the ending, and how? Um, I thought I kind of wanted to see Matthew back in California. You know, I wanted to see him kind of sitting in like a chair and reflecting and being like dude that was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me in my life i'm glad it's over you know oh, yeah i mean because for those of you who haven't seen it um the way it ends is you know they're in the riot Teo sees a bunch of protesters about to throw firebombs at the police and you know he runs over and you know grabs a molotov cocktail and is about to light it and then Matthew grabs both Isabel and Teo and says, this fascism is in a bottle. This isn't how you bring about change. This will only bring yeah. And it, it really just makes you think about how they you know, go about things. And what, what always kind of struck me as odd is the fact that Teo grabs Isabel and drags her further into the riot and puts her in a harm's way. That always, because he claims, like, oh, I care about her, she's my everything, and yet he's willing to put her in harm's way just to achieve his ideals of... I don't know why he did that. But it kind of ends with, you know, you see the two of them behind the car, he throws the cocktail, and there's a shot of Matthew looking quite somber, and he turns away and just walks away from it. Right. He turns his back on the two of them and essentially ends it. Yeah. But... You know, how do you how do you think how do you interpret that? Like how do you think he Um I think that in the end what he wanted was um Isabel by his side while he was you know well supposedly he wanted to liberate they, they were, he wanted to I I feel like he kinda wanted to liberate Isabel from Matthew a little bit. Or you know Matthew wanted to liberate from Teo. Yeah, yeah. And Teo I think the reason he you know, drug Isabel all in there while he was trying to throw that Molotov cocktail was because he wanted to maybe prove a point. Prove a point that she is mine and not yours. Yeah, that, I mean, because obviously they grew up together, they're siblings. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't even think they were siblings if I just watched the trailer. If you just watched the, you know, yeah. I just thought know. it was, it was weird, but yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to interpret the ending, really. How do you interpret it, man? Well, I, I, I see that as him putting her in harm's way as kind of this, like, again, 
kind of to your point, to prove a point. Right. To show that yeah. she is mine, not yours. That this is the two of us, not him. Yeah. And, yeah. I yeah. Mean, right on. So. Well, um, yeah. I think that's a... Is that, that wraps up the film beginning to end, kind of. Pretty much. I mean, there's not, you know... If you want something to think about, I would recommend it. I, yeah, definitely thought-provoking. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we could be here all day and huh. talk about every single part Thing of it that, and how they go about things. But I have... Okay. Do you want to get into our quote dude moment? Yeah, let's... Yeah, we so can. the quote of the week is actually from... It's it's from the movie. It's from the dreamers. And the quote is by the father. Yep. Um, before they leave the country, and it, he says, "In order to change the world, you have to realize that you're a part, part of it." And I was like, "Dude, that is it's that's deep, bro. It's deep. What do you make of that?" I completely agree with it. I think before you want to think about change, you want to see how you contribute to the problem mm. and see if you are the problem. Right. And I think that it, you know, in the context of the film, it really makes a lot of sense that, you know, it's obviously Vietnam was going on and they wanted to bring about change and end it. But, you know, you have to see how are you benefiting from it? How are you... you know, how are you contributing to how the you, How are you contributing to the problem? Yeah. And it, it just it makes a lot of sense to really think about that because... Again, you don't know if you're one of the people contributing to it. Absolutely, yeah. I, you know, it kind of makes me... I think that scene, when he said that, correlated to the end scene. Because exactly. he was talking about bringing about change, and then they were doing the riots, the communist riots. Maybe he was thinking, you know, in order to change the way things are going right now, you've got to be able to stand up to that and for that cause you've got to realize that if you really want this that bad you're gonna have to work for it which a lot of communists are not really inclined to do hate to say but um i mean i think that that's what it comes down for if you believe in something that much you've got to realize that you have a part in either making it happen or Or, you know reverting it reverting yeah yeah i think um it just depends on you. For sure. It's all about interpretation, but I do agree with that. You do really have to look at yourself before you can really bring about other people. Before you can incline other people to bring about change. You have to realize that you are a part of this world and that you are human. Mm-hmm. And that in order to do this, you have to... You have to be... You have to have the drive for it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So... That covers it. It was an interesting yeah. quote. It, it just, know? it really, it, yeah. yeah that's just right. an example of how thought-provoking it, oh, you know, yeah. the film can be. So. All right, um, let's do, who's your dude of the week? So, my guy of the week would probably have to be either, well, it's like two guys. Um, either John Lennon, and that's kind of a cliche, either John Lennon <laughs> Or not that really has anything to do with what we've been talking about, but either Lennon or um, <laughs> um 
there's someone over we're in the yeah, tea house and there's the someone talking to yeah yeah um oh due to the week due to the week um yeah and then that and then probably christopher nolan christopher nolan do you expand the, the director um the way he writes and the way he shoots movies is extraordinary to me the way he humanizes characters the way he brings everything he can take concept that's so outlandish and so crazy and make it human make it realistic right the way he is there an example so i mean obviously this is one of the most popular film franchises of all time but he directed the dark knight trilogy and if you don't know who batman is what fucking rock have you been living under um <laughs> but it's you know the concept of batman is kind of crazy a grown man in spandex <laughs> fucking crime and it's obviously he was, he was created in the 30s so the concept of that was you know what it was but he took that he took the concept he took concepts from the comics and then turned it into something that was gritty and realistic and that's what i like that's the kind of stuff that i really like with film is grounded in reality like this could happen to me or this could happen to this person or something along those lines nice so, nice but yeah that's yeah. that's why i've always looked up to him as a writer nice. So, anyway, who is your dude of the week, Eric? Um, well, in order to understand my dude of the week, I first have to tell you my moment of the week. Okay. And my moment of the week was, um, so I recently started a college uh, math course at the local community college um, as a to fulfill a prerequisite for my major next year, which is going to be marine biology. And um, so... I mean, I'd seen this guy's name before. It was something very Indian. And he, um, in an email, he, before class, he explained that, oh, I've been teaching in India for like 19 years, you know, and I was like native Indian. And when I logged into his class, he has the thickest Indian accent you have ever heard. I mean, I'm pretty sure he tried to sell me antivirus software last week, to be honest with you. But, um, I mean, I had to keep it together for an hour and a half before I just burst out laughing. And I mean, I know some of you out there might think, oh, that's wrong. Well, it's hilarious. It sounds like the most stereotypical Indian accent. It really does. It, it's hilarious. And, you know... The, the guy is, he's an amazing guy, I have to say. He's a really, really great guy, super passionate, you know, and just honestly a wonderful dude to, you know, but I think one of the things that he said um, was like, it's okay, no matter how, how many times you ask me a question, a hundred times, a thousand times, it doesn't matter, I will answer the question, I will do everything I can to answer the question. And I just, it conveyed how, um, just how passionate he was. And he's like, you'll be able, by the end of this course, you'll be able to teach this to your grandchildren. <laughs> no, was like, he was, he was very, had a fiery passion absolutely. about that. He was, um, anyway, he's just, he is, he was just, that was my moment of the week. I was just like, oh my gosh, this guy is amazing. Makes you wanna. And um, the funniest part about him is that he, um, he 
because his first name and last name both start with an M, so he's like, call me M squared. Call me M squared. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he's the funniest guy ever. But, um, that segues greatly into my dude of the week, who is M squared. I mean, <laughs> surprise, surprise. That guy was just, oh, he made my week, man. He makes my week. I can't wait to have his class. He's going to be your dude of the week for the next, like, year, man. Oh, you bet. He is so hilarious. I love that guy. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, what was your moment of the week? I can't say it was as interesting as yours, <laughs> but I would have to say... You know, I... I can't say I really had one. If I'm being completely honest, because really? nothing between last podcast and now really happened. It was working in school. But nothing, just no not moment. No, no moment. Just like, no. great moment, bad moment. You know, no, I mean, as boring moment. as that may sound, I mean, I... Yeah, I can't think of anything. Oh, wow. Well, as bold, I, mean, that's, I know that that's really sad to hear that, you know, the whole point of this was the... <laughs> Might it have been when um, when we uploaded the first episode? Sure, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess... You, you, were, you were stoked I was, I was pretty happy. I was, I was very, very happy. And, yeah. um, and I was really happy to see how it went yeah. and how well it did, considering that we're on pretty much unknown. Yeah, or brand new. Brand new. But I you mean. said that we made an impact on someone. Well, yeah, we, you know, I had friends and family that, you know, after listening to it, they told me, like, hey, that was really, really good. Yeah. You know, it made me think about things and, you know, inspired me to do things. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's... Okay, just... so I guess that's a moment of the week. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's a being, moment. Being told that, you know, you made an impact in somebody's life. Yeah. And, you know, and then... Kind of on a lesser degree, seeing how you know people were wanted to see you know our podcast, and seeing that we had what was what were the stats like how many listeners we had like we had like so to date um we've got like thirty starts, twenty streams, and eighteen listeners for our first pod. It's really good. Um, this is pod number two. Yeah. So we'll see how it does, but a week later. And it's you know it's looking pretty good for an uh, unknown uh, source. And, yeah. Like a complete unknown. Yeah. I think um, I failed to mention this earlier, but you you're wearing the most awesome hat. <laughs> yeah, really. I obviously you can't see it, but I am wearing a wide brim fedora and and a white shirt and jeans. Dude, you're looking fresh. And a peacoat. Yeah. That's so. Good. Yeah. I mean, if right. you couldn't tell, I'm kind of a hipster. Well, no, uh, not. I like to be expressive with my That's style. awesome, dude. I dress like a beach mom all the time. <laughs> if that's what you're happy with, no, that's what you're happy with. It's comfortable. It's comfortable, yeah. <laughs> all right, dude. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think I that's, that's it all. all there has to be said. Good pod, man. Well done. Good. Do you want to dink it and sink it with these uh, yeah. South African drinks? Excellent. All right. All right. Until next time. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in yep. next week. Um, 
Yeah, if you have any questions or any topics you want us to cover on the pod, email us at themusingsofmen at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram all at themusingsofmen. All lowercase. And, um, yeah, stay stoked and, you know, be good. Yeah. Later.